0: to be able to be in a position to support um, is is probably what gets me through it. And, you know, we have to support each other. That's a big uh, thing in our company. Uh, You know, where you can barely get your work done, we still find the time to have our team meetings and and group support and uh, uh, cherish the the time and and celebrate the victories. And, And as far as family, you know, everything's new right? Everything is new. It's like, how do you, after nine months, 10 months, continue to coach your kids and how to thrive and succeed under new circumstances? You know.
1: Hello, and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives, in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process, as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. In today's episode, you will hear a conversation that I had with Corey British, who is the MyGym Enterprises founding partner and chief executive officer. Corey has overseen all corporate operations, including sales, employee development, franchisee training, company direction, expansion, and product conception and advancements. Corey's background prior to establishing MyGym Enterprises includes extensive experience in the field of early childhood development, hands-on counselor training in child psychology, and five years as co-owner director of the thriving MyGym Van Nuys, California, from 1989 to 1994. Corey is a graduate of the University of California at Santa Barbara with a bachelor's of arts degree in psychology him and his wife Trish have two teenage children who are shining examples of the my gym concept tune in and listen to this conversation I had with Corey regarding what my gym enterprises did in order to help the franchisees during this time of so many brick and mortar businesses having to close due to COVID restrictions take a listen. Welcome, Corey, to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I know you have a very busy schedule, so I'm so happy that you took the time to be on the podcast. Yay. <laughs> Welcome.
0: It's, uh, it's certainly my pleasure. Anything for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. And for the listeners, and I'll, uh, you might have heard that in my intro, Corey and I have known each other for a long time. He was my boss. Uh and now my friend for what I don't know twenty years probably we've known each yes. other so, <laughs> a long time twenty
0: so, good years
1: so so yeah so our conversations a one of friends but I uh, I'm gonna try to keep it as professional as I can which um, that's mm. hard for me as you know but um, Corey thank you again so Corey I want to kind of take the listeners a little bit into learning about your journey into becoming the CEO of my gym like so how did it start off and then we'll dive into how you have confronted all the different um, challenges that have come in the past especially the past year but let's start off with your journey so how did it start
0: yeah uh, my journey is definitely the American dream story I was a, a normal person growing up in California, uh, went to college, didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do when I graduated college, uh, other than be a professional athlete, of course, which I could not. Um, what do you
1: mean? Aren't you, you're baseball, right? Is that what you, <laughs> baseball was your sport? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah really any sport. I, I the Basketball, tennis became sports that I, tried to go further in, but yeah, baseball, football, anything, but, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a psych major. I was studying, uh, doing hours at UCLA grad school to become a marriage and family counselor, uh, a family opportunity. I was 23, a family opportunity, a family connection connected us, uh, my wife and I to this, um, small little indoor, what we saw as a Baby play facility. I, I, at the time, there was Jim was similar to my gym, and it was a, a my gym, the small little business that turned out to be for sale. Uh, founded by Yaakov and Susie Sherman and Bill Kaplan, uh, had expanded to another mom and pop store. Uh, this is in the Valley of California, uh, and it was just a business opportunity. I. I had worked with kids a little bit in high school and college, and um, I was an abnormal psych minor, which means that I worked with young kids with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monique, uh, who actually wasn't my wife yet, but turned out to be my wife, was awesome with, with people in general, but certainly kids. And uh, we bought, uh, after going in and checking it out, we bought this, my gym, which is two three thousand square feet indoor play equipment that Jakob and Susie had did not had designed and created this program that was was so great, um, somewhat unfamiliar to me. Working with most of our kids in the gym are under five, but we became really good at it. We were trained by the founders, and um, the American Dream part comes in where we were. So good at that job and creating other ingredients and in other parts of the program that it, in about a year, that gym was completely full. Um, had somewhat accidentally stumbled upon a void in the market, something that parents and kids needed and loved, supplementary physical education, really, uh, at a young age. Then it became evident that we should expand it. And About a year after purchasing this small business, uh, we had 10, 20 of our friends seeing we were making pretty good money, saying, I want to start one of these. We had 10 to 20 clients of the gym saying, whoa, how do you start one of these? And so the the unintentional thing
1: to do is like the popular thing to do then uh in that that moment.
0: (laughs) It happened
1: organically then. It happened very organically.
0: Right. It's a good it's a good lesson to anybody that if you work hard and keep your head up for opportunity and um I don't think when we first purchased that business that it was going to be uh you know one of the world's greatest franchises, franchise companies. Mm -hmm uh, with over 700 gyms worldwide in 30 countries. But, and, and, you know, we didn't necessarily go to school for it. We didn't necessarily at the time have any specialized training about it. Um, being great with people, being great with kids, being invested emotionally and physically in our clients and our kids' families and their kids, uh, children that came to our gym, their Uh, acclimating physical fitness and movement uh, early so that uh, the clients, the parents could see that it really had an impact as they grew. I mean, even grew from one to two or two to three or three to four. Um, But the American dream part, again, Kendra, comes in where somewhat accidentally in the first year or two, we saw that we had many, many people that wanted to open a My Gym Children's Fitness Center. And so at that point, I was probably 25, I got really serious and said, okay, let's, uh, let's go for this. Spent years developing the business documents, the legal documents, the curriculum documents with the founders, with Monique, um, with some very key, brilliant staff that we hired. Um, slow grind in the beginning for the first five years, we probably started 20 to 30 gyms um the way that our, another lesson learned here is you know because the founders of this company me monique other people uh were the experts in the service and the content you know mm-hmm. experts in what we were franchising uh that really paid dividends because we could go to the franchise that we started early whether it was in florida I think one of the first ones was in orlando or Folsom. One of the first ones was in Folsom or Ventura, San Diego. And keep in mind, these are started with friends and family and clients as franchisees. Mm -hmm. Um, The gym you worked in 20 years ago was maybe our 35th gym in Pasadena, California. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that, as you know, is my brother's gym. Yes. And it
1: was a training gym. We We would train the franchisees that were interested in opening other gyms, that's where they'd come to train before they'd go and open their right. own gyms.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think something we did really right is we just lived and breathed it for the first 15 years. A mm. lot of sacrifice involved in that. Uh, Monique and I eventually got divorced a few years later, became very close friends and business partners. Uh, but, you know, people building, uh, empire like this. They need to live and breathe it. And you got to play the long game. You know, you have little disappointments, two steps forward, one step back. Uh, but eventually, by the turn of the century, we had about 100 gyms. We had been in business for a good 10, 12 years at that point. We continued to professionalize all the systems and documents. Um, I think a few years after that, we started our international development professionalize everything more, Uh, you know, as the tech boom started, we started to get technology involved in what we were doing. And today you'll find everything online in our management system. Which is that,
1: yeah, which is, that's the part, I want to kind of go into that part too on the, on the pivoting and the keeping on evolving into what happened then this last year too, because that was a major then shift again into how you guys had to, um, I say this year, we're already in another year, but (laughs) it's still still ongoing anyway, because a lot of
0: lockdowns Lockdowns are still in place. (laughs) The slowest and fastest year at the same time, So true. So
1: true. So if if I may interrupt you there, let's talk a little bit then about how... Because of course, then that's thirty years. This is thirty years then of this company existing. Seven hundred gyms internationally. Let's go into then what happened when the lockdown started to occur then last year, and and did it start happening then in your some of the international markets to, first? Did you have to start addressing that first before then you started addressing what was happening in the U.S. Because right. some of right, okay. So can you take us into a little bit of that and then. I'm just also curious how even your back your background in psychology has had to play a huge part in even just you as CEO managing everybody's emotions even during this time of chaos. So take us into that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a major component of uh, what I used, uh, you know, to help our franchisees and and employees of my gym, you know, survive and will eventually thrive. I just wanted to mention as 2020 hit you know we had become one of the best scaling companies in the world uh, you know with systems widely recognized as that uh, super high success rate with our franchisees everything systematic the best staff in the world uh, team members working in various divisions so the focused work on creating a you know, uh, what I like to call the best of both worlds company, the fully professional company and a family company. So you get it all. And then 2020 hit uh, January. We have 400 plus gyms in China. Uh, Our China CEO of that business let us know that there was a, a novel virus and they'd be shutting down all of their gyms in China by the end of January and the, the you know we read about it a little bit before that you know we had dealt with h1n1 we had dealt with other uh viruses and other things in the gym as you have to be very sensitive to that um in a gym mm-hmm. there's i think when james liu is the ceo of, of china i i think when he told me that I, I i didn't believe it i didn't believe it we even had friends come in february from hong kong who had been in quarantine and th- we were out to dinner with them. My current wife, Trish, and I were out mm-hmm. to dinner with the Liddells. And they said, we're shut down. We're quarantined. And we still didn't fully understand. <laughs> we're watching the news. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: hard to grasp. We're like, <laughs> this we're all,
0: You know, It's not that we didn't understand what was happening in China and Hong Kong. Uh, it's that we did not think it could happen to the United States. Mm. That's what we thought. -hmm. And uh, another month and a half went by, and we saw what was happening in Europe. Uh, And we started very early, maybe because we had deep connections to China in January, very early to create online curriculum. Which, even while we were doing that, we were saying to ourselves, Gosh, I hope we don't have to use this. Um, Um. We were developing 15 minute segment uh, classes. We uh, we instructed all the gyms to create one and we'd use them as a big pool. So there'd be hundreds of little class segments. Uh, at some point during that time, we developed the concept of live. I believe we were the first company like ours to create it. I'm pretty sure that's the case, uh, where we quickly made an online uh, curriculum to for a teacher to be online, unheard of, unheard of in our world. I mean, you can do it, teach fitness, you can do it, teach dance. How do you teach two-year-olds in a parent's lap where the equipment and the facility and personal contact is everything that we do? How do you do that online? Well, we figured it out. You know, whether it was use socks as balls at home, or you know, the sufficient breaks and figured, you know, figured out Zoom uh, quickly. And, and I say quickly, I'm talking over the course of two weeks with uh, twenty unbelievable expert curriculum people. So again, I probably we probably were the first company to do it because we had the resources. That was
1: fast. That. Yeah, yeah, that was fast. To to it have that out, kind yeah. of programming, yeah, in, in that short of amount of time to be able to pivot and do it in that manner. That is impressive.
0: Yeah, and you you know, Kendra, you Kendra was a teacher in a training gym and uh, uh, traveled to open corporate gyms and then became a franchisee. So you, you, say, I you know... I know the process.
1: Well. <laughs> I know the
0: bounce and bounce and bounce. But yes,
1: you're right yes. in terms of the aspect of being able to connect be- with, with the kids, right? Because the, the reason that these parents go to these spaces with their children is not only for their children to have that experience, but even for themselves to connect with other parents. So... Not that to be able to translate that in an online platform, it's is hard. Is is hard, right? Right. Because it's it it takes that that the reasoning behind why a parent joins these classes is very different than why as adults we may join a fitness class. We may do it for a particular you know thing of getting in shape or whatever. But these type of classes are more than just the fact of your kid moving. It's about them developing, you know the, you know what self esteem. What was our 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 motto? The, what is the motto? Self esteem and, and uh, confidence and self esteem, and then the parents also socializing. You have mm-hmm. a lot of little reminders on your computer. Sorry, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I
1: can't edit those. I can't edit those. It's okay. It's a the life of a busy busy right. business. <laughs> the
0: the the fact that we created an online substitute to our in person classes. Uh, is would never happen during normal times, would never happen when uh, we're not desperate. Um, and we never thought it was going to be perfect. So you describe you know, some of our more important uh, things that we're going for in our program, uh, outcomes where you get socialization, parents meet friends, uh, children are socializing and meeting friends for the first time, the interaction with, an authority figure, a teacher, and we take that role very seriously. It's a lot of our children's first time dealing with the teacher, uh, the interaction with the equipment. I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be perfect. But our live element that we switched all of our uh, North American gems over to uh, captured some of the uh, uniqueness of our program, some of the specialness, because our teachers are so special. I mean, our, our our program is basically, it's, it's based on teachers in the gym implementing, you know, our philosophy and curriculum. And uh, we were able to do some of that online. And that lasted, you know, a couple months or three months or four months is, you know, if you lived in the United States, you know, the virus up and down spread, then it, it recessed and, you know, so the live as gyms started to reemerge into their gyms had different uh, levels of success in different gyms, and and by the way, extremely difficult to implement if you're a teacher. So, so with all the challenges uh, involved, that's what we did. We created a live uh, element to my gym that you could access online. We created an on-demand element with those. We utilized our franchisees to create. Unbelievable! And Those will live forever. Fifteen minute segments. Can you imagine? Kendra, mm-hmm, creating a fifteen awesome. minute segment of highlights of what you did in the gym, and oh, you wow. can just press a button. I mean, we talked about <laughs> that as a we talked about that as a business opportunity for many years. The on demand element of it. You know, now we have that library. Uh, we uh, created this uh, package where all of our clients, over a hundred thousand clients. And they're just in North America every week. And we created this package, loyalty package that, you, you know, no matter what you're getting with on-demand and live and uh, other forms of reaching the clients, personal days where if everybody was healthy, we'd go to their house with private sessions. You still got credits in the gym when you came back. We called it a loyalty package. So for a month and a half, two months, that was that was the plan. Everybody you know, it was temporarily de- delayed unless they stayed in on live and got in our loyalty package. They get all the credit later in birthday parties or camps or, uh, you know, any sort of program that we do, including our, our mm-hmm. standard uh, program. Um, but as you know, this um, continued. Now we're in our 10th month. Is this their 10th yeah, month? Yeah, I
1: can't believe it. I can, well, right now as we're interviewing, yeah, it's January. We were just two months away from where it when it started here in, in the U.S., Right. That is just crazy. So then, how how then? Because every state is very different here within the United States, right? So certain states, then some of the classes are happening in person now as well with certain with certain um, changes and things like that, depending well, on the state's regulations or the. Or how is that going? How is that being yeah, well, handled?
0: <laughs> we we continue to uh, show what makes our company great. We're we're the hardest workers, uh, the most creative team of curriculum people and support people and people that run our company. Um, We care uh, as much as any executive team and team of MGE people. Um, The only way to support hundreds of gyms and countries uh, through a pandemic like this, where different states and different uh, countries have different regulations, is by doing it individually mm. and it's a combination of over reaching over rules and programs and curriculum combined with individual support of each owner of the gym um, again something that probably wouldn't be attempted uh in normal times it is yeah we have you know so many team members so many support specialists so many curriculum specialists how are we going to create all That's the program, right. all the adapted programs and support everybody to their individual situation and all the business contingencies with their lease and loans and government loans and local loans and insurance and discounts? How are we going to do it? You know, we took it day by day and we still are. We we are just doing it. And we're and we, you know, consistently look forward to a time. And preaching, there'll be a time. I, I used to say a month from now. I used to say two months from now. I used to say, you know, and now I say when it happens, the pent up demand for our program. The fact that we know that children are regressing to some level. Now, children are resilient. They'll recover. Yes. They'll be okay. But we know they're regressing. Um, that when we are able to come back into the gym in full. You now, there's some gyms that are open uh, to some capacity. Uh, we're going to explode. And, uh, you know, every day for my team and our company and our team members is filled with little victories and a dose of reality and concern. Uh, and depression is too hard a word, but oh my gosh, every day you go through all those emotions and, um yeah. How do
1: you protect yourself? Because that's that's one of the things. Is like not only are you having to handle all those emotions that happen just within your own family nucleus, because you're a dad of two, and and in California, kids are still virtual learners, pretty much, and in in, at least in the LA area, right? So everybody is home. You're, so your kids are home. Uh, certain things, you know, your your wife's work and things like that. You're having to be okay with the emotional dynamics of just your family unit going through this, yet you also have to then be um, in a balanced emotional state to run a whole company. (laughs) So how do you do that? How, because this is like grief, you know, grief on crack,
0: (laughs) like, you know, like just taking
1: it to this whole other level of, of, because you're having to then, every time you talk to a franchisee, all their hurts, all their pains that, you know, no, my, my landlord doesn't want to, uh, forgive me from paying the lease right. this month, this or that, you know, the, uh, how do you do it? Yeah. how? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, well, well, first of all, there, there's something healing in supporting people, right? Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. that is so powerful. Sorry. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> say say it again and then continue.
0: <laughs> There's something healing in supporting people. So our job as a company from day 1 once we started to scale, you know, open more gyms whether they were corporate or franchise gyms, it's all about support. And it's and you know, people that give um uh, you always ask them that question. I mean the the first responders to the crisis, the Doctors and nurses in the hospitals. I, you know, any typical person is like, "How do you do that? How do you do that day after?" day? Well, the answer is, is there's something that you get back from it. So I, I think that's part of the equation is that we're we're constantly supporting. Um, we have the best owners, the best My Gym owners, um, and team members of theirs that are just full of appreciation for what we're doing. So. To be appreciated, and while possibly losing your business, um, to be able to be in a position to support um, is, is probably what gets me through it. And you know, we have to support each other. That's a big uh, thing in our company. Uh, you know, where you can barely get your work done, we still find the time to have our team meetings and and group support and. Uh, uh, cherish the, the time and, and celebrate the victories. And, and as far as family, you know, everything's new, right? Everything is new. It's like, how do you, after nine months, 10 months, continue to coach your kids and how to thrive and succeed under new circumstances? You know, I'm a, I'm a real believer and people are the only real heal healer, uh, uh, uh the only thing that can really help people is people. When you become addicted to substance, you go to group therapy. When you go to jail, the the worst penalty is solitary confinement. Uh, the, the people are the only real, true, deep help for people. Money doesn't create happiness. So in this time, you know my normal coaching for my 16, almost 16, almost driving daughter, <laughs> if you remember, Evan, <laughs> and uh, Aiden, who's 17. Would be call your friends, have friends over. Kendra, you know our house was like the house oh, for the yeah. parties the and camp. events. And- no,
1: and you have a camp, and, and yeah, and you are also you also run a summer camp too for your kids in the summer for their own skills too. Like that's the place to be, right? <laughs> it
0: it, it <laughs> is. Much. I mean, it's ironic. Uh, my brother Jamie does it too for different fun, like sports, and my kids are. Mm-hmm. Actors and you know uh, singers and dancers. So uh, I, I, I guess we grew up that way, where we had the neighborhood kids at our house, and during the summer we do a movie camp. The kids actually make a movie, they write a movie, they write the music, and we make a movie. But the point is to your question is all of that is not available anymore to to create you know sanity. Mm-hmm. So it just all adapts. I think being quick thinking and clear, and doing the things that that you need to do, whether you are whatever position you're in. I happen to be the CEO of a company, you know, and I feel responsible for a lot of people and my family. But whoever you are, you have to stay healthy. Uh, I think that's physically is tied to mentally a lot. So um, you have to stay active and healthy. You have to try to sleep and try to eat. If my mom or wife ever listens to that, they'll laugh at me because, and you okay. probably too know I don't sleep very well, but I'll, but I'll preach it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's part of it. Uh, and you just survive. You just, you know, the human mind is making a decision to survive and eventually thrive or give up. And mm. the, the human mind, the brain is very vulnerable uh, as there's a piece that just says it's too hard and that can go for a pandemic where nothing's normal. That could go for a kid thinking about school. That could go as big as me thinking about scaling this all over the world. It could go for you know somebody to just go for a walk and start a workout. But the brain can get in the way. So you just have to make constant decisions to move forward and thrive. You also have to accept that there are going to be hard things and things where you fall back and draw back and just fight through those times to the to the better times and take it one day at a time.
1: Oh, so many I'm like I can't write fast enough to write all these all these tips because they're just life tips. We learn so much from all these different tests that happen and um and what you're saying, too, with all these different tips that you're saying, not only for managing a company, but just in life, as you said, even just as easy as a child, you know, trying to get better in a sport or in their school and anything, um, these are these are amazing because it's those same skills that you have to use in then running a corporation. It's the same skills that we use just in our right. day-to-day. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you uh, before we wrap up, would you say that some of your experiences with grief in your life uh, with other things that have you know happened in your life the death of your dad, your dad your brother's major and we're not going to go into that with, for time being in this episode but uh, with your dad or your brother's uh, major accident that left him in a wheelchair would you say that those things um, have how let me just ask, how have those played a role? and making you more resilient in who you are now.
0: Right. You know, honestly, you know, we, uh, my older brother, Randy, was in a car accident where he became brain injured and bilaterally paralyzed, needing you know, help the rest of his life. 35 years ago, my die, dad died of a horrible disease. I've had friends die. I you know, have, have had a lot of crises uh, that feel horrible. But I, I'm definitely one to say that every human being has those crises by the time they're they've lived life enough. I am not one to say, oh, okay, that made me think that or that made me think that. On a on a certain level, you know, Randy, our older brother, we created a foundation for him through my gym franchise. He's are so generous donating to that. On some level, it makes you say, Hey, appreciate every moment, right? And, you know, other crises like my dad dying of a terrible disease, it makes you think, Okay, let's have the time you spend with people be more meaningful. And maybe on some level, it did, some of that stuff did have me, you know, want to only have meaningful conversations and meaningful connections with people. But I, I think that everybody goes through it and it's more a matter of your internal fortitude and your philosophy to just move forward, accept the bad, accept that there's going to be really, really hard stuff and move forward. And in conjunction with that, be as good a person as you can, affect as many people positively as you can, because all of that stuff is the groundwork for for success. And in my case, it happens to be, you know, scaling uh, a children's fitness center. But in, in other cases, it's what you're doing with your podcast. In, in other cases, it's being, you know, uh, someone that gives back through charity or someone that gives back through serving in government or in the health field. So I think there's, a, you know, deep commonalities toward taking stuff that happens in your life and placing it in a place that it doesn't stop you. That's what's important. And, you know, to bring back something I said before, I do certainly uh, feel up and down. This is where people come in to help. When the natural process, because some tragedy happens, is to uh, isolate or, uh, you know, if you're in a gym and not doing well, maybe you're embarrassed in a My Gym and you want to isolate... Actually, the thing to do is reach out to people and talk to people. Mm.
1: Yeah. Ah, I could keep talking as we know (laughs) and keep on asking (laughs) you questions, but I know you have another meeting and it's been amazing. I got teary eyed in this last part here. So amazing. Even though I've known you and heard some of these things, I've never heard it in this perspective and in this platform. So I'm so Mm. grateful, so grateful. And not only to have you as a friend, but here to have you as a guest and for others to be able to get to hear all these nuggets as i call them of of, of knowledge and wisdom and, and of life and of life and how we just keep going just keep going like dory says on your mom know, <laughs> and finding right. nemo just keep going <laughs> you know right. we just keep going so thank you so much corey
0: oh you don't have to thank me ever and it's super nice to have you as a close friend too kevin so we'll thank you we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk soon thanks. Thank you
1: again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this please do so also if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well please reach out to me and thanks once again for tuning in to grief gratitude and the gray in between podcast have a beautiful day